0: Every Genesis is a reminder to try something new, to keep growing, keep hustling, keep beginning. At Genesis, they harness that mindset into their performance SUV, the GV70. Turn heads with a stunning design inside and out. Discover intuitive technology inside the GV70 with a 14.5-inch infotainment system. The Genesis GV70 is for those who are making their mark on the world and want to enjoy luxurious amenities while they do it. So go on and enjoy an exhilarating drive in the GV70. Your Genesis GV70 is waiting for you. Learn more at genesis.com. Genesis, keep beginning. Welcome back to Currently with Curator, where I share my latest style obsessions, all of which you can purchase through my shopping community, Curator. My spring curation is here Throughout the season, I'm going to be telling you more about everything inside of it, item by item. This week, we're focusing on the Rendor Victoria Hoops. I believe you can never have enough hoops, and this pair has the look of two in one, as well as a cool twisted texture. And you can choose between yellow or white gold to make them suit your personal style. These hoops alone retail for $85, but you can get this entire five product curation for just $100 when you start your membership with my code ZOE25, Z-O-E-25. These boxes are in limited supply. So head to curator.com, that's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com to claim this offer now. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, I have entrepreneur, founder, and my friend Nikeo Greco, who is behind some of the best skincare brands on the market. Nikeo is all about using clean and green beauty products, specifically cold-pressed oils to treat the skin. And trust me, they work. Look at her skin. I promise you. On today's episode, Nikeo talks about her career pivots, of which there are many, from being a CAA assistant to creating her own e-commerce business for BIPOC beauty products. She also talks about the hardships of building a brand and dealing with haters once you've achieved your goals and becoming successful. You didn't hear it from me, But this may be one of my very favorite episodes of this season. You are going to learn a lot. I'm so happy to have you on. We've had so many amazing women on this podcast, and I think you probably know pretty much All of them, if not 90%. And I think, you know, first off, i like to just say why I started climbing in heels is because, like you, we have the most incredible women that surround us. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. everyone does something different. Everyone's at the top of their game. And for me, um, you know, it's been so incredible to watch, like, Mm. everyone kind of forge their own path. Um, right. Some people have gone to a lot of schools. Some people have gone to barely any school. Some people mm-hmm. have had a hundred jobs. Some people started out of their garage. And so I think for me, I, I wanted to really get into like women's paths to the top because they are so yeah. different and it's called climbing in heels because all the women that have been on here are women who really do embrace being a woman and what that means right. to them. And that I think the struggle has been for us coming up over the last, whatever it is, 20 years, call it, um, yep. fighting for our space, but mm-hmm. owning being a woman. And I think they're sort mm-hmm. of like, and now it's, I think becoming easier to be a woman, right. um, that succeeds. Right. But as you know, it hasn't always been that way. So, I think um I I always like to just start a little bit um from the beginning because I find and this is like you know as a psych major and I like to say that my career in styling has has, has really served me as a psychologist. <laughs> last 20 years well
1: yeah but um I mean (laughs) mean, yeah
0: but um but I I do like to start a little bit as like who were you as as a little girl like were you this like fiery Mm. ambitious like girl or were you painfully shy and like you know scared of your own shadow kind of kid or like none of the above so let's go back first of all where were you born and where did you grow up like like where yes how did you come how did you come to be in this world (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this. I
1: love this. I love this setup. I love the pod. I just, I'm so excited that you're doing this and and it is, it is so much fun to, to listen and, and to watch, um, you know, the content around the pod and see, you know, and hear everybody's trajectory. It's so important. It's our stories. Um, so I am a first generation American Mm -hmm. of Kenyan descent. I was born in upstate New York. And then moved from upstate New York to New York City and New Jersey, where I lived until I was eight in Wayne. I know we have that Jersey connection. No one else does, by the way. No one else does. Right, (laughs) right. I think Allie Larder might be our only, yeah, that's that's our Jersey girl connection. But when I was eight, I moved to Oklahoma. So my father started the African Studies program at the University of Oklahoma. So one day he came home and to New Jersey. And he was like, we're moving to Oklahoma. So that's where I was raised.
0: Where? So did you, how did that affect you at eight? Cause I think about my son who's eight and I try and figure out like, right. I mean, kids are very resilient and very adaptable. And I think, yeah. but you know, I do, I have had women on this pod that are like, Oh my God, I was moved around a hundred times. I never had friends mm-hmm. in one place. I had a single mom. So like, right. how, how was that? Were you freaked out? Were you excited? Was Oklahoma? Yes, hard? <laughs> yeah. You know, Oklahoma, I actually
1: had a very happy childhood in Oklahoma, but when I got to Oklahoma from New Jersey, mm-hmm. you know, I went to preschool, kindergarten, first grade, yeah. you know, moved in second grade. And I remember the first day of school, my teacher asking me, you know, do you have any questions? And I looked around the room and I didn't say, you know, where are the other black <laughs> sure, of course. I literally said, where are all the Puerto Rican, <gasps> Italian, and Jewish people? Because I'd never been in such like a homogenous sure. looking room in my entire life. I mean, we lived in Wayne, New Jersey, which is right around the block mm-hmm. of New York City. So, you know, my early childhood days were taking all my dance classes. My mom took us into the city every weekend. Same, you know, same. so that was, that was all I knew up until that point. Um, but, you know, surprisingly and, and
0: luckily... I, I really thrived in Oklahoma who knew by the way, which is so, <laughs> by the way. And that's so incredible because, because you would think the opposite, honestly, because right. this was a while ago, not that you're old. Cause you're yes. still very young, but 80s. yeah,
1: yeah, no, it, it was the eighties and you know, I will say that, you know, I grew up around the Oklahoma city area mm-hmm. in Norman, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, which is a college town, yeah. which definitely recruits people from all over. Um, And I do find that when you grow up in a college town, it doesn't necessarily reflect the small towns around it. Um, So I think I was fortunate to be sort of in the metro Oklahoma City and and Norman area.
0: Um, And then was there, you know, all the way through college. You stayed and went Um, to college there. So you really, that's so nice. You got to stay close to your family. Yeah. They didn't
1: want me to. (laughs) My parents wanted me to go away. They were like, you've been here for quite some time. It's time to (laughs) sow your oats. It's let's go to Syracuse or somewhere on the East coast. And, um, and I stayed, I, I, I was really happy there. And, um, you know, the transition of going to growing up in, in a town and then going to college in the same town is, is also quite a transition because I I moved on campus. I joined a sorority house. See, that's so nice.
0: I think that's so nice because a lot of kids, don't want to leave home. So they like go yeah. to school and nearby. And my parents are like,
1: if you're not leaving the state, <laughs> you're definitely leaving this house. Um, I did get to go, you know, it was nice. I had a place to go do my laundry and drop in for, you know, family dinners and things That's like that. So but nice. yeah, it was, it was lovely. And, and, and the transition between, you know, going to Norman high school and then going to OU was dramatically different sure. because then all of a sudden there were all these people that came in from, right other places right. with different sort of upbringings, et cetera. So that was an interesting transition. But, and you, but, yeah. you grew
0: up with working parents, both, yes. both working. Yes.
1: Okay. Both parents, academia, my mom and dad, both professors,
0: deans, etc. H- so, hence yeah. you, hence you. This was, yeah. this was like, <laughs> this was, the brain was going to be passed down one way or another. Okay. So that, right. that actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. So, but I also feel that, especially if you grow up, Um, in a happy family with a happy childhood very often Mm -hmm. that work ethic and all of those things that you're surrounded Mm -hmm. by I think it's just osmosis like it's what you see it's what you know it's what you're like oh no I'm doing this I'm working this is not like I'm not marrying some random person and like trying to live that way like not that that's not okay I'm not judging marry whoever you want
1: but but
0: um, but I do think our work ethic whether in an obvious way or an or a less obvious way really does come mm-hmm. from our upbringing. and um a hundred percent. so okay, so at what point were you like, hey, all right, this is this is my dream. these are my goals. Like what happened first? Because I know a little bit, yeah. of course, like from our conversations and like obviously yes. I've read a million things that you've done and like whatever, but I like to hear it from you because sometimes things get you know turned around, but I, I want to hear your story.
1: yeah. so, So I went to the University of Oklahoma. I studied business. um, Smart
0: as an undergrad. That was very smart, by the way. It
1: was it was smart, but it was also like, and I'm so grateful for that for that degree. But I didn't know honestly what I wanted to be when I grew Mm -hmm. up until I was probably in my 30s. Interesting. Okay. It was uh, you know often when you're a first generation American, there's this expectation that you're going to be you know in academia, you're going to be an engineer, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer and while those things were suggested to me, it was never what I wanted to do, and I actually wanted to be a newscaster. That's what I wanted to do, and, and wanted to study. Um, and my parents, you know, definitely talked me after that,
0: uh, <laughs> you, out of that. But you wanted you wanted to get up at two o'clock in the morning and like do makeup at three, and then no, go to, to, to other like, places.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i wanted to be diane sawyer or by the way connie chung
0: like i had lofty goals. that's a local name, i understand you know? that by the way and <laughs> and by the way diane sawyer is like the queen i love her and and connie chung i mean I, the, the, by the way the same everyone's like who's your hero i'm like oprah duh like y- yeah <laughs> oprah, oprah duh. diane
1: sawyer yeah love same diane sawyer. category of icons. Mm-hmm. yes um so when my parents you know suggested that I don't study, uh, to be a newscaster, Mm -hmm. I decided that business was well rounded, Mm -hmm. um, wanted to be a lawyer for a little while, decided that wasn't my path. And so, (laughs) you know, I was a business marketing major and, and I guess in hindsight, um, I didn't ever plan to go have a marketing job per se. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to graduate and figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. But when I was, um, in college, I worked a lot in sports. And so, you know, in Oklahoma sports is it's a big deal. And so I worked for the men's basketball team. I worked for the men's baseball team at the university and did an internship with ESPN. And so I thought ultimately, you know, maybe I'll work in sports. Maybe I'll be a sports agent. And I ended up moving to LA when I was 23 because I didn't want all the jobs that I was being offered Mm -hmm. in pharmaceuticals and, you know, (laughs) investment firms and all those things. I was like, that sounds really boring. So I'm going to move to LA. And I'm going to be a sports agent, and then you know I got here and realized that that was not an easy path, and so I became an assistant at CAA. That was my first out of college. Interesting.
0: So 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 entertainment. It's funny because like you grow up in Oklahoma, you come from these super academic parents, you go to this Mm -hmm. great school, you're a business major, which by the way, in hindsight, like I wish I. I mean. Being a psych major has definitely served me, but I would say, right. If I had to rewind, I would say business, business, business can only help you in life, no matter what yeah. path you choose, right? Exactly, um, exactly. And
1: it is a, it's it's a great, well rounded. Although I really loved my psychology and sociology right. classes, I would just run around diagnosing people
0: all, all day. I, I diagnose people all day still. Um, <laughs> but but I will say that like it's funny because you know, I think for so many people I meet, you know, coming from sort of like New York, LA, like New Jersey, like everyone's like, I want to be an agency. I want to be an agency. But like, nobody understands really what that means. It's not cute in the beginning. Mm -mm. It's not glamorous. Mm -mm. It's not, but there are just endless success stories of the people that really stay and do that. Mm But so, but Okay, so you're like, okay, I'm this I'm this academic person. I want to be in entertainment. There was obviously to me, there's a common thread here. You wanted, mm-hmm. there was something you were seeking because me knowing you on a personal level, mm-hmm. you have a very loud, strong voice that needs to be heard, right? And it's oh. nice that you yeah. saw that early and you felt that. So there was something mm-hmm. pulling you to that. Right. And I think if I'm just playing my me, I'm seeing Mm -hmm. that like, you're sort of like, okay, I want to use my brain, but I want to use my voice. I have a lot to say. How do I start this? And it's very confusing because you're 22, you're 23 and you're like, dear God, I don't know what I want to do, but like, What's my first steps? So you end up at CAA, right? And what happens? Mailroom, mailroom, or assistant? Yeah, no,
1: I, I, I luckily got straight on a nice. Desk. Um,
0: I worked, <laughs> nice. I worked in the
1: reality TV department, which this is before reality TV was what we know it to be wow. today. This is like when animals attack cops. <laughs> taxi cab confessions was the runaway hit, right? Like this was not. It was the only uh, department at the time. Were they accepted unsolicited material? You know, that's you know, for people who don't speak agent, that's you know, most agencies don't let you just drop off a script, but that's called unsolicited material. But that was allowed because they were just looking for content. And so my part of my job was taking home VHS tapes Uh at night and watching the most messed up (laughs) ideas for TV shows. Like really a, a true lesson in humanity. Um, so when I say reality TV, I'm people think one dead. thing, but no, this was real. This was
0: real. real. That's like what so, Charlie Corwin did, like original media, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like they they were doing a yeah. lot of this and they were doing so well. I mean, they're but it yeah. was hardcore.
1: That was our first foray into it. So I worked on a desk um, with the actually very lovely agents. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have, you know, I mean, yes, they were agents, sure. but she was kind. Amazing. And so, you know, I was, as I was making friends, I was like, Ooh, I'm the lucky one. I really (laughs) lucked out. on the And, and so I worked with her for a while and then, you know, moved on. I I didn't necessarily want to do the trainee program. I was pretty sure at that point I didn't want to be an agent. And so I left and I went to a management company and, Worked there for a while. Three Arts, right? Those, Three Arts, like yeah, Molly Madden. Well, first, and... I went to yeah. So I went to Three Arts after I actually went from a, to a small management company that doesn't exist anymore called Elephant Walk, and then I went and I left and I actually worked with Sweet, um, the late Jay Maloney oh, for many God. years, and wow. then after he passed away, then I went to Three Arts and I worked with Molly, wow. and, and then that's when I realized like as much as I love the clients, I love. The fashion and beauty aspect. I want to be in the makeup trailers. I want to get to know people like you. I want to know yep. the stylists. Yep. I want to. It wasn't about reading scripts and finding actors' jobs that yep. I found my passion. And and it was in that time that I would get so many products. Well, first of all, it was a really interesting time. It was an incredible time for indie beauty. This yep. is like the days of Stila and Hard yep. Candy and all of those Hard. incredible brands. Right. Like yeah yep. coming to the forefront. And then also it was this really interesting time when you started to see. Actresses on covers as opposed to just models yep. or actresses sort of diversify their careers by getting, you know, Neutrogena campaigns. Yep. And and so, yep. you know, this was the very early 2000s. And, by the way, they so only
0: wanted celebrities on the cover at that point. Yeah. There was that wave where it was like right. there was no models on covers for like a long right. stretch of right. time. Um, I remember totally. that because and because actors sold. Yeah, <sighs>
1: yeah. I misprint. Um, but you know, at that at at that time it was exciting because I got to be a part of this sort of evolution mm-hmm. in in fashion and beauty while still working at a at a talent management yep. company. And so, you know, I had a lot of products that came across my desk and a lot of really sweet actresses that were like, Oh, Keep you can take that moment. Right, right, right. I was yeah, I was I was such a product fanatic. And you know, it was in that moment, I'd say that was my aha, like 27 year old moment that I realized that there were all these incredible beauty products coming across my desk. And because I had had this Kenyan heritage and learned my first beauty secrets from my Kenyan grandmother, Nakeo, um when I was eight, I I understood in that moment that the continent of Africa was so underrepresented, mm-hmm. especially in premium beauty
0: And Uh, when the most beautiful skin exists there, by the way, Uh, let's talk about that. So what is that? Right. And the beauty
1: rituals. (laughs) Yeah. Like every product I would look at would use like Marula, but nobody Mm -hmm. talked about Africa at that time. Um, And so I decided at the ripe old age of, you know, 27, 28, I'm going to quit my job and make my grandmother's coffee scrub.
0: Wow. And that's,
1: that's how it happened. I wanted to celebrate the sophistication of Africa and teach everybody about all the incredible ingredients. I mean, it's just so fascinating sometimes when I look back to, you know, 23 years ago, me and it's amazing the uh, courage and resilience and just go get them attitude that you have at that age that you have to kind of see. Yeah, it's kind
0: of crazy. And I think, you know, one of the questions I get asked a lot, whether social media or just doing interviews is like. I'm, uh, 35 or I'm 40 or 45. Is it too late to start Mm -hmm. a new path? And I'm like, there is no age on starting a new path. There just isn't, No, you know, um, I I just think there isn't. And I think it, it takes a lot of trial and error sometimes to find Mm -hmm. your path. And I think, um, you know, it's very interesting because I think for you, you got to now combine all these different things that you've learned at all your different jobs. And I think it's important to always step back and be like, okay, if I didn't do that step, right? Like if I Mm -hmm. didn't do that step, I would have never figured out that I could have done this or that I didn't like doing that. And there's a lot of what ifs I think in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot Mm -hmm. of like, our path is always very like, it's very crooked. It's not really like right. this, right? Yes. Um, it's not really straight and easy. Um, and I feel like those left and right turns sometimes are what sometimes kicks our ass, takes us 100%. down. But I think when you get up, you're like, okay, if that didn't almost kill me, I would have mm-hmm. never had the courage to just be like, hey, right. i, I you know what, I'm just doing this because this is what I really love. And now do you feel like, I mean, listen, you're probably working harder now than you've ever worked in your life because it's Mm -hmm. for you. You have a lot of people involved. You have all these different brands. Um, you Mm -hmm. are representing, I want to talk about now what you're doing because I feel like you started your own brand. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and then you Mm -hmm. launched 13 loon and I want to hear about, I know about it, but I want to share about it. And then I want to hear also, Mm -hmm. Um, now, you recently launched Relevant, which is getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So, I want to talk about all that too. Because, well, first off, the yeah. products are amazing. So, I want to say that. Thank you so totally, much. Totally like unbiased, unsolicited. She didn't ask me to say that. I just, I'm here to say that they're really incredible. Um, thank you so much. And I think what you're doing is so important, but also mm, beautiful you. and smart but it's like, I was at the lunch this summer and I left there just so like filled with emotion Mm -hmm. and filled with like excitement to like talk to the founders and like use the products. And like, I went home with this Mm -hmm. massive bag of goodies and I was like slathering all these like oils all over me. And like, so, well, cause we can never have enough oil, right? Like (laughs) never, never, but never. so, so tell me how that, because I feel like you started with a scrub, then you, like you had your brand and then what happened?
1: Yeah, so so I started with my grandmother's coffee scrub. That was the very first product ever made. Um, and by the way, you were at my very first launch party in two thousand and two. Like, talk about so crazy a supportive sister. <laughs> so crazy. You are a woman who really supports women. You've been doing it for now twenty one years. Um,
0: God, I love but it.
1: I yeah. So I started as an indie brand. I had barely any capital. I learned very quickly as a young female. Uh, a young black female, how hard it would be to raise money. all the So I just didn't waste my time. I was like, forget it. I'm just going to go. And by the way, I always say to, you know, young people today, mm-hmm. or even people who are starting new journeys in their thirties or forties, don't, don't get deterred by the stats. I had no <sighs> idea that only, I mean, I can't even imagine in 2002, 2% of women get VC funding or, 0.0006% zero, yeah. zero, of people of color 100%. get funny. I had no idea what the stats yeah. were. I just knew like I needed a job. Yeah. I'd quit my job. I wanted to make this coffee scrub thing work and I needed to make it work. Mm-hmm. So I got friends and family capital. Didn't waste my time when I didn't get return phone calls from from VCs or private equity. And then had a tiny bit of cash enough to make the product enough to launch it into Fred Siegel, Ron Robinson's apothea at Fred Siegel. God, I love and that place. I that was, was the, best. That was it was the, the best. best. He was my very first. Yes. I always give him credit. He was my first. Yes. Ugh. In this. journey. And and then, you know, back in those days, nobody believed L.A. to be a beauty hub. So you had to have a New York retailer. So I launched at Jeffrey New York. Oh, by the um, way, I also afford- the
0: best. Like, that's a thing. Like, those are two of the, two yeah, of the right? absolute. If it wasn't yeah. at Jeffrey's, it didn't exist. Right. Like, best store ever. Best. I miss it so
1: much. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, I couldn't afford a staff. I, I was shipping and receiving customer service. <laughs> I gave you know some equity in the company to our friend Troy Nankin, so he could do the PR because I couldn't afford a publicist, and he loved beauty as much as I did, and so partnered with him, and and really just sort of learned how to be an entrepreneur by teaching myself and asking a lot of questions and making a ton of mistakes.
0: Tons had many tons, tons, like so many. And how many times do you get asked? Do you ever make mistakes? Have you made any mistakes? I'm um, like, yeah, if you're not making mistakes,
1: you're, yeah, you're not, you're not actually paying attention <sighs> if you're not making mistakes oh. um, or honoring those mistakes because they always lead you to a better That's lesson. True. And so I had a lot of stops and starts. Most of my stops had to do with the business getting to this level, but I didn't have the capital to take it to that level. And and so I would, I mean, that business relaunch. I mean, I don't can't even remember how many relaunch parties <laughs> I had for Nikeo. <laughs> it was like Just this running, Uh, ongoing, but like the resilience of like, okay, well, I'm gonna go away for a little while, try to find some money, you know, help my friend start a t-shirt brand or help this one start a candle brand, help this one get stores, and then I'm back.
0: Do you ever feel feel like? Okay, wait. Do you ever feel like you're in? The ocean, right? Like do you ever feel like you're in right. the ocean swimming out? And then like the wave yeah. comes and you fall backwards and then you yeah. swim. Yeah. And then the wave totally. comes and you go backwards. Yeah. Like, that is called entrepreneurship. Hundred percent. It's
1: it's it's wild. And and so yeah, there were there were gut wrenching moments. Um, you know, I always tell people I I used to have a real trigger to the word failure because when our kids learned to ride bikes and they'd fall, we didn't think, look at them as failures. The only failure was not getting back up and trying again. It's true. And so I had a lot of get back up moments in that journey. And then, you know, got to be in amazing portfolios. At, at one point, I was part of the Gerwich portfolio, which founded Laura Mercier. Yep. And I got to learn so much being a part of this big portfolio. And then they sold. And this happens a lot, especially in beauty. You, you have a brand and then the big company sells and then you have to move yep. on. And, and so I did that a couple of times. And, and hold then, on, were you having you know,
0: kids at this point? Were you like also oh, having yeah. children during this, yeah. right?
1: Yes, yes. Baby number one came in 2006. I shut the business down in 2008. Oh Baby number two came in 2010, had to find new investors <laughs> in 2014. I mean, it, it it was, yes, it was quite, quite, uh, and I'm married to an artist, right? So it was, you know, very much a, um, you know, Yes, we do arts and crafts for a living, <laughs> but you feel it sometimes, and and so it's crazy, you know,
0: it's crazy. But in it all,
1: like I look back, I look back at the mistakes. I look at the times I didn't trust my gut. I took bad deals. Yep. I got in business with people I had no business getting same, in business with, same, and I knew same, it. And I knew same, it, but I did. Same. I did it out of desperation. Well, I did it because yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and so those lessons were big lessons learned. Um, but it was really in 2020 that I found that my passion and my purpose aligned, which is I had been doing this Nikeo beauty dance yep. for 18 years yep. at that point. God, that's I, the brand so had now sold, Yeah, had sold to Unilever yep. in 2017. You know, it was still considered niche yep. and boutique, yep. even though it was Unilever <laughs> brand. And it after the murder of George Floyd, Uh when I tell you in my 18 year beauty career had never received more press, more attention, more sales. And at this point I didn't even own the company. I just worked there. Um, DMS flying at me. And at that point, truth be told, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about beauty. We were in the middle of a global pandemic. Sure, I mean, what were
0: we thinking about at that point? Surviving. Surviving, right? Like literally like staying alive.
1: Yeah, (laughs) literally. My husband had almost died of COVID, but he got in March of 2020 where nobody really knew what was happening. I am black. Yep. I have two biracial children. Mm -hmm. I was not caring about beauty girls at that moment, but I couldn't believe how many lists, top. Black owned black shop, follow, et cetera, list that I was on. And so rather than just be pissed about it all, yeah. I started shopping the list. Right. That's how I sure. decided to take my pain and turn it into purpose. Yep. Let me just start buying some of these yep. brands. First of all, I was shocked because as someone who had been in premium skincare mm. for eighteen years, I'd always thought I was the only. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now I'm on a list of five hundred brands. A hundred brands, a thousand brands that I've never heard of. Get out of here. Had very little distribution. When I went to their Instagrams and started going down a rabbit hole, I couldn't believe how many of them didn't have very many followers, started reading their stories, incredible humans. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. How is it that I never knew they existed? And if I didn't know, no one as knew. a black female founder in, in beauty, beauty, a lot of people didn't right, know. Sure. Right. And so that's when, you know, Patrick and I, one of my dear yep. friends and co-founder of 13 Loon. We'd been talking about starting something together. We didn't know if we wanted to do fashion. We didn't know if we wanted to do beauty. He had always wanted to do something in beauty. I'd always wanted to do something in fashion. And then it was just this moment of, you know, I'm going to go create the retailer I always wished I had. Wow. And and I know what it's like to be them. And I know how hard it is to win at shelf. But I've had the opportunities that they may never see yep. if we don't start something yeah. like this. And so that's how 13 wow. was born to be the first. Of its kind, truly inclusive beauty retail platform. And you know, there were beautiful initiatives happening like the fifteen percent pledge yeah. and pull up for change, yeah. all of this happening in twenty twenty, and and permission for black and brown people to to stand up and and not have to ask for permission for equality and justice. Yeah. But it was also very confusing to me that there's I'm on a list of five hundred brands. How's it so hard to get to thirteen on shelf? Isn't right? that bizarre? So,
0: Yeah.
1: So isn't that like, I guess we'll do it. Yeah. But
0: I mean, it's so (laughs) brilliant. And it's also, I think, just given your history and experience, it's like, you know, I mean, I know personally, obviously, because I know and love you, but like, I know anything that's going on 13 Loon is going to be amazing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. one would say, okay, it's, why would I? Why would I go here versus uh, Ulta or Sephora or wherever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think because you, obviously, like, I'm biased in saying this, but like you know, right? So I'm saying that, but right, I think, right. but I think for for my listeners and our listeners, it's sort of like this is the destination to go mm-hmm. for.
1: It's it's it offers discovery. It's like early yes. days Sephora. You yeah, know, I remember when Sephora you know, first came to the U S and I would walk through there and discover brands. I'd never it's heard of best. before. Right. And so yes, 90% of our brands are, you know, created by people of color who make products for everyone. Yep. Cause we also needed to debunk the myth yeah. that black and brown people only make products for ourselves, but 10% That's are ridiculous. First of all, it's
0: so that dumb. is the dumbest just, thing I've ever it's, heard. It's, Sorry.
1: It's, and by the way, like <laughs> your products have African ingredients in them, right? Like, like 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 whether they're made by a black or brown person for sure there's stuff in your cabinet that comes from africa i mean or south america or southeast asia um so you know we really it was sad to me how many people in support of me in 2020 would send me dms when nikeo when i was still working with the nikeo brand and they would say i really want to buy your face oil but i don't look like you will it work on my skin
0: um, and I, I, my it, response to that would be like, I hope if I use this oil, my skin will turn into your skin.
1: <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. like, yes, it's, it's face oil. It's this face is oil. just ignorance though. So. Yeah. And, and by the way, everybody has melanin. That's the other, <laughs> the other teaching moment that I have to do from time to time is when some people get you say melanin rich or melanin period and people just assume you're talking about I'm like no 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 every single person in the world has melanin in their skin some have more some have less that's I only laugh because Um, I'm just like oh
0: my god does this actually (laughs) still um yes
1: it's it's still a thing wow
0: entrepreneurs know climbing to the top starts at the beginning At Genesis, they're all about beginning. It's right there in the name, because the beginning is where the action is. Sure, things are up in the air in the beginning, but that's what makes them thrilling. Genesis has harnessed all that excitement into their performance SUV, the GV70. Turn heads with stunning design inside and out. The GV70 features the silhouette of a coupe and the capability of an SUV. Discover intuitive technology inside the GV70 with a 14.5-inch infotainment system, fingerprint recognition, and available Lexicon premium audio. Enjoy an exhilarating drive in the GV70 featuring standard all-wheel drive and available electronically controlled suspension plus exceptional handling and agility. I used to dread driving around LA because of the traffic, the stop and go, the blaring sun, always getting directly into my eyes no matter what time of day it is. But thanks to Genesis and their GV70, driving around here isn't too bad, especially when I'm driving in style. Every Genesis is a reminder to try something new, to keep growing, keep hustling, keep beginning. What will you begin? Learn more at genesis.com. Genesis, keep beginning.
1: But yeah, so, you know, and 10% of our brands are obviously dedicated to fostering allyships because we really wanted to honor brands that long before 2020, brands like We Carry, Goop, our yeah, Hourglass, yeah. brands that long before sure. 2020 cared about all in their formulations, really exhibited inclusion and and diversity in their companies. And so we have our ally brands as well, but you know, I I think think it has to be that way
0: though, because then it's sort of like, it's sort of like, it's almost like to draw a line in the sand and say, this is only black and brown owned, right? It's sort of like, okay, but wait, no, we that's not
1: inclusion. Yeah, that's not inclusion. And if we say we're going to be the first of its kind, totally inclusive beauty platform and store, then we have to be totally inclusive. And, and by the way, allyship has been a big part of my life and my journey in beauty. And, and many of our ally brands are founders who helped me when I was an independent founder trying to survive at shelf. And so, you know, and, you know, we also have big brands that are BIPOC owned like pattern and, and Pharrell's human race. And, you know, and so it's great because what ultimately happens is that we have created a family of brands and we really operate as a family where we all support one yeah. another. And yes, the products are incredible. We have the greatest VP of merchandising. She came from net a yep. She helped build beauty at net a under David Olson. Mass. Her name's Janelle Freeman, also a black yep. woman. So really. I met her. Understand. I met her actually. Yeah, She's yeah, the she's, great.
0: she's the best. I was so jealous so, of her name, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, wait, best. was that she's your birth name? And she was like, yes. I'm <laughs> <that."> <laughs>
1: she's the best. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been this journey of, you know, we started with 13 black owned brands in December of 2020. We now have uh, over 170 brands. How amazing is that? Um, just opened or in about to complete opening 600 store and stores in JC Penney, opening a flagship store. So it is just, I think the proof is in the pudding yep. and that people want to make their shopping more meaningful. Yep. And, and I think that's really what we attribute the success that we've had thus far to the fact that people just
0: want to do good and buy great beauty products. Let me ask you a question. So, okay. So you've clearly had, there's been a lot of bumps in the road. You've Mm -hmm. like started and stopped a million times, you whatever was there. Did you find any of the, cause I know for me and I talk about it very openly, I have always had a lot of females that were not nice to me, that were very awful yeah. and very just threw up every obstacle they ever could for me to fail. And yeah. so, and 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 I think now, you know, I think that's probably why I'm so supportive of women because I do yeah. know how much that means. And I do have yeah. incredibly supportive women in my life. And I think, you know, when you know the difference, it kind of matters more. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious, like, you know, you've obviously had your own set of obstacles, but I mean, did you ever have to deal with that pettiness, the copycat, the jealousy? Yeah. Did you deal with that? And like, on the flip yeah. side of that, <laughs> I, right? And then, yeah. and then on the flip side of that, yeah, is there one person that you're like, this person changed my life? This person, yeah. like, so yeah. okay, so did you, did you, so you yeah. did have haters, you did have copycats, yeah, or you do you know it's
1: interesting, or do um, yeah. um, it's interesting because, you know, I've always been like, it sounds cliche, just a girl's yeah. role. Girl. Like I love yep. females. I have the most incredible group of women in my you life. Do. I've been goddess circling since, you know, I was in my twenties with this group of women and you know it's just something that i really prioritize are, are are my female friendships half my you know my best friend Shannon moved here Love from Shannon. Oklahoma because i had no friends and you know like wait we, Shannon's from Oklahoma? We, yes Shannon Get and i i mean she was at 17 Oh my god. I don't know why i <laughs> thought she was from Texas. Yes. we were sorority sisters we were capets together. Oh my god. I rushed her Wow um, but yes um yeah so Shannon's my sister we used to when she first moved here we lived in uh, in an apartment with two other people but it was a two bedroom and we slept on twin mattresses oh next to each
0: other in the smaller bedroom So this is our dear friend um, Shannon Rot- Rottenberg who is yeah, also like yeah, a badass she's, female she's freaking yes, amazing and, and
1: like a true woman who supports mm-hmm. women but what's interesting is in my journey I have always felt so supported by women and if I had haters I had no idea mm.
0: In the last
1: two years of my life, and I'm about to turn fifty, I have experienced. I was crying to my husband about it last night, like wow, a, 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 a mean girl situation. And it's so interesting because I get very triggered by you know. And this is like a very supportive husband thing to say is, "Well, don't worry about it. She's just jealous of uh, you." That, I'm like, that's what what Roger she really have to be?" It doesn't what, help. What though. does she have to be jealous of? I have worked my ass off for 21 years, Uh I am dedicated to changing lives of other people. Like there's there's literally room for all of us there. I don't believe that there's anything anybody would have to be jealous of me. So it doesn't resonate with me, but I will say, I believe that in success, that's when the haters are going to come hate. And I never had experienced that before because I was always trying to get to a right. level. Yes, sure. I had success with Nikea, but I was always yeah, in the yeah, grind, always sure. in the struggle. Even in the high moments, it was still just trying to get to the higher place, et cetera. I'm still on that journey, you know, trying to help others build generational wealth, trying to build my own generational wealth. But I will tell you whether it's that I'm being seen more because I need to be seen in order to support the mission, yep. whatever it is, I've had a few breakups with girlfriends. And it's
0: really freaking painful. It's real painful. And I think you're 100% right. And it is an absolute takeaway. And I'll be honest with you. I've been dealing with it. I mean, look, in reality, and I've talked about this, I've been dealing with it since I was in kindergarten. However, Mm. which is insane. But in my business life, probably when I was about Mm -hmm. probably since my first job, and don't forget, I'm in fashion. So um, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, you kind of sign up for that. But like, but yeah, I will yeah. say that from probably 25 from 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 when the first write up was done about me and my career, it my whole mm-hmm. it just I've been like, just tears and that, you know, like, I've been yeah. brought to tears on so many occasions. And with you know, and it's not like I want to play victim. It's not at all that. It's just more like, why? Right. And I think we, I think we just wonder that. And I think you just made such an interesting point that I never really heard it. So, so sort of like, like in success, it's sort of like, there's this, there isn't jealousy when people are like, oh, she's really having a hard time. This is really hard for her. Mm -hmm. She's really getting knocked (laughs) down. It's like, all of a sudden, yeah. for some delusional reason, I think they think that it's easy, or like for some reason you're getting lucky, and and mm-hmm. I think that for whatever reason, you know, I taught my kids at a very young age when they were old enough to understand, and I, I will never forget because I was driving with my boys in the back seat, and my little one said, mm-hmm. "Mommy, what's jealousy?" and he had a lisp and it came off like he's like, "What's jealousy?" And I was like, mm-hmm. and I, you know what I said? I said, "It's the meanest, worst emotion that you'll ever feel," and he said, "Why?" Mm-hmm. Like hate. And I said, yes, but it's even worse because jealousy mm-hmm. is this trick emotion where it, right. it, it 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 it's like a trigger, right? And it and it makes right. you think bad things, it makes you do bad things, it makes you mm-hmm. think things or do things that you'll regret. And it's very often out of jealousy and it, it really makes you do bad things. And I think sometimes people use it mm-hmm. like and I'm very I'm very mindful even now when I say to somebody, Oh my God, I'm so jealous of your skin. I don't even want to mm-hmm. use the word jealous in that moment. Yeah, I want to yeah, use the word I'm envious yeah. of your skin, right? Right, right. And I think you're right. And I think I think that now you're really having this moment. And to me, it's funny because it's like like all of us to the outside, I've always thought of you as this huge success, right? But like you have three mm-hmm. kids. And I, I want to talk about that because I just had Anina Bing on my on the pod last week and Oh, I, I yeah, love her so she's much. She's great. I've known her for so long, and I think And that sweet
1: Bianca. I can't.
0: I I, I secretly hope Skyler I and Bianca her. get married one day. But I um, mean, we love Bianca the best. Both are the, they're the best. Mm-hmm. Benjamin's amazing. They're amazing, and so mm-hmm. I I think you know it's interesting because while she was building her company, and similar to you, I think the thing that I like to talk about because I had my children later, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I still work my freaking ass off, but it's different mm-hmm. because I o- I always say when you're having children and building mm-hmm. your career, I believe mm-hmm. there's no harder challenge there because those first 10 years of your children's yeah. life and let alone you have three. Don't you have three? You two. have two. I two. don't know why I thought you had a yes. third along the lines, but two. So two and two dogs. So, uh, <laughs> so you have four. Um yes. But but I I I, that to me is the ultimate hardship in this because having your baby business and growing that Mm -hmm. and all the things and then Mm -hmm. having your babies who need you so bad, they're their most needy. Mm -hmm. It's sort of Mm -hmm. like, to me, it's sort of like that is the challenge. And so I, I, I always say like, okay, and I say this to Roger all the time, like what would it have been if I was doing, if I was having the kids while I was building my career and I always think like I think one of them would have greatly suffered and clearly yours have not. But
1: mm-hmm. I, I,
0: I do want to just really commend you for that because I think oh, with all of you. these like you had to have your boxing gloves on. You had to have right. your tissues by for you know constantly, mm-hmm. I'm sure crying at night when yes. no one was looking. But like Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. No,
1: definitely. I mean, you know, but it's interesting because yes, I had I had a brand before I had a baby, you know, I had a brand before I had a husband, yeah. <laughs> so, <it laughs> which was, is another baby, was, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was there. He was my yes, boyfriend. He yes, helped me pack boxes yes. and, and, and help me load the car. He was definitely a hands-on boyfriend the Best and then stayed around and, and became my husband and father of my children. But he, you know, I do think there was something pretty phenomenal, especially when I had Lulu, um, my oldest child who's turning 17 this week is crazy. We just did, we just went through the seventh grade hustle to get Rocco into all day, nine to five, head straight to a dinner when I'm a mom. So even though it was really tough to, to be a startup and be a mom. Um, with a newborn, there was something really special about the fact that that kid came to work with me every day because work was at home. And, you know, I would say the greater, greater challenge has probably been, you know, and then when I had Rocco, I was going through so many transitions and business and partners and whatever that, you know, it was, they're five years apart. So I had this, you know, built in sweet big sister helper, but it was, a really traumatic time for mm-hmm. me on so many levels professionally that I sometimes felt like he sort of got robbed that first yeah. year because I was trying to yeah. figure out what my next sure. steps were going to be. Um, and now, you know, it's interesting. I said this, I was on a panel the other day and someone said to me, what triggers you? And I said, you know, what triggers me when, and it sadly, it happens a lot from other women. Oh my God. Is it so hard for David that you travel so much uh, with the kids uh, or, uh, gosh, it seems like you're just all over the place. Like you're, you're, you're everywhere. You're out. You're da- that is my job. Right. Uh, and nobody's ever asked my husband when he went on a business no one, trip. Nor will they. If it's hard, if it's hard
0: for me, nor will they
1: ever. And so that's one thing that turned wow, me a sidebar. But, no, you know,
0: but I, I, that's a really I valid point. I think it point. is that, yeah.
1: yeah, mom guilt is real. It's Anybody so says they real. don't have it, it's a it's lie. It's so real. Um, it's real. But I will say, now that I have a 17-year-old daughter that's, yeah. you know, starting to look at yeah. colleges, she's
0: independent. she's so and, freaking, yeah. independent,
1: yeah. so proud, yeah. wants to start her own beauty brand. Yeah. So we did something. Yeah, right? 100%. And, and my mom worked her ass yeah. off, and I turned out just fine. <sighs>
0: So I think I think you're right, and I think look, I think it's harder on us when they're babies. To be honest, I think mm-hmm, it's harder on us because, mm-hmm. truth be told, it's so funny. I didn't leave Skylar till he was like four. I just took him everywhere. Yeah. I literally just took him everywhere. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, and and Caius, I left much younger because I was like, he doesn't even yeah. freaking remember. Literally, like, <laughs> and it's funny because I remember <laughs> I, I, I the first time I left them both, they were like four and one. And I went to Australia yeah. and I cried the entire oh, flight. So hard. I cried the yes. entire flight. Roger was like, at some point you have to stop crying. This is so <laughs> embarrassing. And I was like, and now the other day, it's funny. I literally said to the kids, do you remember that time I went to Australia when that it and they're like, they're like, no, no, I'm like, no, and that was a real aha <laughs> moment for me because what I realized yeah. is it's us. It's us. And 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 mm-hmm. so I I think um I, I do think that ultimately it formed them. And I think that really great kids with great work ethics come from parents that work their ass off because it's yeah, all they know. And they know that they need right. to work for what they want in life. You know? Absolutely. Right?
1: Absolutely. And and I do I do think it's it's quite a gift. I mean listen being a, a stay at home mom, I, I can't imagine a harder job. No, but I true, do think that, that there, there is value. Yes, in, agreed. And and it also, I think what it does too, is it helps you to really, truly prioritize your time. 100%. Right? And, 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 you know, even last night when I was crying about someone hurting my feelings, a, a friend,
0: a former friend, doesn't it just take and, your stomach out? Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then
1: my husband at one point, and then it's like, and then I just stopped crying and I thought, well, this is just silly. Like, I'm hanging out with you, having a glass of yeah. wine. Like, I haven't seen you all day. Yeah. Like, I don't want to spend my time crying about yeah. her. I want to yeah. ask you about your yeah. day, right? It, it's, it's that constant prioritization of, of your moments that I think that you get the privilege to figure out that in self-care because- <sighs> without the self care, all the wheels
0: fall. I gotta off. get better at that because my wheels are falling. No, mm-hmm. I'm just give up like my wheels are falling that's off. Right. I gotta well, get better at that.
1: I just take a nap every day. Do like, you? If I
0: can just get an every I day. haven't napped since every I was pregnant, day. but I'm also just not a great sleeper to begin with. So I think that's yeah. beautiful. No, you have to practice.
1: It is I I was a terrible nap. My mom said I was the worst napper as a kid. I hated taking naps growing up, I never valued a nap. Once I had kids and, and I wasn't even that mom that's like sleep when the baby sleeps. Like I would just yeah, get shit done and the baby same. was sleeping. And, and one day I just was so exhausted, like with life and just yeah, yeah, like yeah. two kids, yeah, yeah. like and I was in a Remember, it was the middle of the day. It was like one o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. And I was like,
0: yeah, I'm going to go to bed. So wait, is it like a disco nap, like a 30 minute a or is it up. like it's, a yeah, two it's, hour? It's
1: never be. It's, I set my clock for 37 minutes because <laughs> it out. takes me about seven minutes to fall asleep, seven to nine minutes. So I kind of meditate <sighs> in bed. And then at the end of the meditation, I sort of drift off. You go into this, like, <sighs> no, like your phone has to be away. So you're yeah. forced to get yeah. up when it rains. Um, And then you kind of go into this really deep sleep. And at about the 25th, 26th minute, you know, is when the alarm actually gets to the 37th minute and You feel like a new person. Get
0: out of here. Okay, this is brilliant. I want- And you have to practice Uh, it. It's hard. And and then (laughs) once you start doing it, then you crave it. I schedule it. Babe, it would take yeah. me 37 minutes to wrap my head around going to sleep. <laughs> so like, I can't even, you know, my team literally thinks I'm a lunatic. Like I literally will text them about something so freaking random at like two in the morning. And then at like five, I just, I suck. I have to really take this away yeah. from today, Yeah. the 37 yeah. minute it's midday discount I'm obsessed. Midday discount. I'm now. obsessed. And, and, and it doesn't even have to be midday. It could like be whatever.
1: like, yo, I had an 8 a.m. Zoom and a nine a.m. Zoom, but I don't have anything else till noon. Right. I'm going to do it at ten thirty. Wow, like a baby. That, but I beautiful. also have the gift of sleeping anywhere.
0: Like I'm the person yeah. that falls asleep on no. the plane before I hate take off.
1: I sleep in cars. I like, actually I, hate you right not, now.
0: That's like that's okay. No. So that is a gift. I want you to recognize that as an yeah. actual gift because like yeah, I can't. It is.
1: There's no way I could do all I do if I didn't sleep as much as That's I do. That's beautiful. Like,
0: there's no way. Well, I yeah. love you so much. I'm very excited. I love you too. Um I am really genuinely I'm such a fan and I love you obviously as a person and I've just gotten to know you so much more over the last several years and like I'll mm-hmm. never forget our kids mm-hmm. playing at Soho House when they were little and they were I so know. cute and so I hope they reconnect again but I I just, yes, I love learning. watching what you're doing. I also get very inspired by you every time we speak. And, you know, mm, I, you, I, I I also love your journey and I love that it wasn't easy. And I love that you've done it all yourself. I love that you have, mm-hmm. you know, when I say yourself, I, what I mean by that is that you've had to be your own champion to keep going because you could have quit a mm-hmm. thousand times. 100%. Um But I'm very excited for what's to come for 13 Loon and for Relevant and all of it. So thank you,
1: I love you madly, (laughs) love you madly, and thank you for being there for
0: the last 21 years. You
1: are truly, truly the best, and I will always be proud of. And I will always be.
0: So let's keep doing it. Mm. Yes. Let's do Um, it together. Please tell me what things I have to slather all over my face to look more like you when I get off the the the, the phone. (laughs) Just take a nap, Rachel. Right. Sure. That's going to be it. (laughs) All right, my sweet. Have a beautiful day. Go take your disco nap. You too. Thank you. Bye. It's the time in the show when I answer two listener questions. So let's see what we have today. If you were to wear one dress from the Oscars, which ones would you choose and why? I would have to say, hands down, no questions asked. Uh, Cara Delevingne's red Elie Saab couture was absolute perfection from top to bottom. I would wear it. I love everything about it. Um, I love that it was this very subtle kind of sexy moment. Um, I loved how Grace Kelly, she looked. I loved the jewelry. I literally looked at that and said, if there was one look at the Oscars that I would have styled exactly the same way without tweaking a thing, it would have been on Cara Delevingne's. Um, Okay, do you get, eyelash extensions um that's really funny so the answer is I do not and I have not in 10 years um I did used to get them when they first came out because I thought it was like a dream come true um that I could have like Bardot lashes um permanently and then I quickly stopped doing them for a few reasons one because they broke my actual real eyelashes Off and two, because I found them to be very high maintenance. And as someone who gets their makeup done a lot for shoots and things like that, I found that the makeup artist really struggled with them. And then I really struggled when I was traveling and I would lose some and some would come out and then I couldn't get them replaced. And it was such a thing. Um, And so uh, I do not, I put on individual lashes myself. And um, it's very easy and I just do my own. So, and I like being able to take them on and off. So that's what I do. Don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Pod on Instagram and I might just answer your question. Thank you so much to Nikeo for coming on the podcast today and opening up about her life. Career and her goals. Nikeo is truly one of the most thoughtful and passionate people I know, and I can't wait to see what else comes her way. And I have to say, of all the episodes we've done thus far, this one has really the most takeaways in terms of all of you out there trying to build a brand, trying to make a career pivot trying to you know sort of get over your fears of trying to really live out your dreams no matter how unrealistic they may seem Um, I think Nikeo has clearly had hurdles to jump over Um, and you know she's here she's smiling she's excited she's more passionate than ever she's still going Um, Stronger than ever And, you know, really doing what she believes in And, you know, I'm certainly a fan I get very inspired every time I speak to her Whether just, you know, hanging out at a party Or, you know, actually interviewing her Like today, I learned so much And I hope you did too. And I really think you're going to love this episode. And don't forget to check out 13 Loon because it's pretty epic. And if you want more Climbing In Heals content, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing In Heals Pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. I will see you next week.